Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. We are here to help you with your home improvement projects. We want to solve those do-it-yourself dilemmas. You know, homes need a lot of care and feeding, and we are here to help you take that first step. So as you look at your home, outside, inside, think about it. We know there's a project that you'd like to get done. Let's talk about it. 888-666-3977. Because that's what we do. Coming up on this hour of the Money Pit, you know, it's a fact that the later we get into hurricane season, the more storm activity we tend to see. And I'm always reminded of this when you think about Hurricane Sandy that struck just days before the season officially ended. So we're going to talk about what steps you can take to prepare your home for hurricane season and really any sort of severe weather ahead. Yeah, and it's still really a sore subject around here. (laughs) So we're going to tackle that storm preparedness for you guys. And Labor Day weekend, it's upon us. So it's really a good time to talk about how to avoid so much labor by using air-powered tools. You know, they really do help a lot and they make a huge difference. We're talking about nail guns and power staplers. And once they were really only limited to pro usage, but now they're the go-to tools for so many do-it-yourselfers. They're included in toolkits. We're going to tell you about why they've become so popular. And also ahead, are your carpets looking a little dingy? Well, instead of replacing them, why not try an industrial-style steam clean to get a few more years of use out of those carpets? I had to clean the carpets in an apartment that we rent out. Oh, I bet it was disgusting. It was disgusting. I was ready to tear out and replace the carpet, but I figured, eh, what the heck, let me just try it. And it was amazing. I mean, it came out looking brand new once again. So we're going to give you some tips on how to do just that. Also, one caller who gets on the air with us this hour is going to win a Great Stuff Pro Starter Kit that's worth 50 bucks. You're going to get everything that you need to fill up all of those gaps and cracks, which will keep that, you know, upcoming fall air outside where belongs, as well as any of those pests that might try to make their way inside to your warm, toasty home. That package is worth 50 bucks. Going to go out to one caller drawn at random. So give us a call right now. The number is one Money Pit. Got Brian in Texas who has an air conditioning question. And in Texas, you probably need that. What's going on, Brian? I'm actually looking at purchasing a home. It was built in 1914. It's uh, on the historical list. And I've pretty, already gotten uh, uh, permission to do pretty much whatever I need to to it. But I was trying to find out what would be more efficient, uh, either air, air conditioning units in the walls, or would it be better to just open up the walls and put in a uh, central air? Well, from an efficiency perspective, certainly central air conditioning is going to be a lot more efficient than a bunch of uh, window units. Now, when you have a historical home, though, it becomes a little more tricky about how you run the ducts. There is a type of system, though, that's called uh, a high-velocity system, low-volume high-velocity system. And this uses ducts that are about the same diameter as a dryer vent, around three inches or so. And they can run inside wall cavities without necessitating uh, the destruction of tearing the wall apart. So if you hook up with a good HVAC contractor and go through your options, you should be able to figure out a way to get a central air conditioning system in this home with the least amount of disturbance and destruction possible. Yeah, it's got the original plaster walls, and I really would hate to lose those. No, I don't think you have to. If it's done correctly and if it's done creatively, there are ways to work with what you have. Okay. Well, I really do appreciate it. I just, I really didn't know what would be the best way to go with it. Uh, I mean, this is my first time dealing with anything historical. I've 
I've had other small projects, but this I, I'm real hesitant on. I've I've listened to your guys' show for a while, and I really, really do uh, appreciate your advice. And I I just I want to say thank you. Well, you're very welcome, Brian. So I, I think you can do this project. Keep in mind that if uh, it becomes more complicated to run the ducks, that could run the costs up. So get some estimates so you know what you're getting involved with. And whatever you do, make sure you get a professional home inspection of this house done before you buy it. A good home inspector will be able to screen out any major problems before uh, you sign on the dotted line, okay? Very well. I do appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Now we've got Karen in Tennessee who's got a problem with a bathroom door. Tell us what's going on. The door fell down when we were putting the washer and dryer, and it fell on the knob. It fell off. The hole is way oversized. I put a dowel in there, glued it, drilled a new hole. But that didn't last very long either. How can I get by, or how can I put a knob on that door without buying a new baffle? Okay, so the the hole through which you attach the knob for the bifold door is oversized, correct? Right. Both screws are oversized. All right. So, in other words, it's bigger than the screw itself, correct? Yes. Yes. So, here's what I would do. Um, I would turn a negative into a positive. Why not? You know, is it big? It's not bigger than the handle, right? No, 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 no. All right. So why not just put a washer on the back of it, on the back of the screw? You're not going to see the back of the door. So just put a washer through the screw and then put the screw in the hole and attach it to the handle. You're done. This way it'll pull it flush. Okay. In other words, put an oversized screw in it that goes all the way through the door. Yeah, not an oversized. Well, it would go all the way through the door. but well, it would be longer. Well, you don't need to be that much longer. A washer is, uh, you know, a sixteenth of an inch thick or less. No, I mean the screw would have to be longer to go through and drill a hole on the other side because it's a hollow door. Okay, but does the screw go through now? Normally when you attach a handle, it goes all the way through. Is, is that not the case? It's just one of those. It doesn't even turn. It's just a right-handle, left-handle type knob that you pull on it to open up the bifold. Okay, so it's just basically screwed right into the door, the face of the door, and it's pulling out, correct? Yes, yes. So, yeah, so then why, instead of using a wood screw to attach it, why don't you use a machine screw and then put a small uh, nut and washer on the back of it and drill all the way through the door. So measure the thickness of the door, head over to your local hardware store, and have them look for a screw that's long enough with a nut and the washer on the back of it. You won't see the nut and the washer because it's on the inside of the door. Just don't make it any longer than it has to be. Exactly. Fantastic. Why didn't I think of that? And that'll solve it. <laughs> all right. Okay. I went to all that trouble to put a dowel, oversize the hole, put a dowel in there, glue. Well, you know what? You get an A for effort. <laughs> and it came out again. Yeah. All right. Well, this will solve it. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now, you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question or even your home renovation question. Whatever you are working on, we're here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, the tail end of the hurricane season means things will start to pick up in the Atlantic Ocean. So we're going to talk about what steps you need to do to get your home storm ready. You live in a body pit. Body pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Bostitch. Bostitch professional quality pneumatic nailers and staplers. Designed for productivity, built to last. For more information, visit Bostitch.com. 
Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number here is 888-MONEY-PIT. Now, one of you lucky callers that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a Great Stuff Pro Starter Kit from Dow. Now, what's in this kit is pretty much everything that you need to seal all of those gaps and cracks, which, as you know, if you've got them around your house, and who are we kidding? We all do. But those little tiny spaces can actually let in a whole lot of cold air. So the wind is going to get a Great Stuff Pro Gaps and Cracks Insulating Foam Sealant, Windows and Door Insulating Foam Sealant, Great Stuff Pro Gun, Wipes, Goggles, Gloves, more. I mean, we want to keep you nice and toasty. You know, you can insulate where air leaks or seal holes where pests enter, such as around a dryer vent or a water hose spout. It's prize package worth 50 bucks. going to go out to one caller drawn at random. You can visit greatstuff.dow.com to learn more or pick up the phone and call us for your chance to win at 888-MONEYPIT. Next up, we've got Kim, who's dealing with a shower floor issue. Tell us what's going on at your money pit. My shower floor is basically coming up, all the towels coming up, um, and it's, it's been doing that for a few months. And we're debating uh, with, uh, should we repair it or should we just replace the whole shower? I mean, it's kind of an old house mm-hmm. um, anyway, and uh, we were thinking, we're getting ready to sell it, so... Should we put the money in to replace it, or should we just try to repair it? I don't want to patch it up for anybody, but um, if it's repaired, I really want to do a good job to where they can, you know, use it. So this is sort of a uh, this is sort of a walk-in shower stall. Is that what this is? And it's made of tile. Made of tile. Yes, walk-in. Listen, the restoration on this is to replace the shower pan. It's a pretty big job because you have to tear out the tile that's there and put in a new pan, which is typically fiberglass today, and then retile over all of that. So that's a big project. Um, is it leaking now? Um, no, it's not leaking. Okay. Well, if it's not, it's just appearance that you're concerned about? Appearance, right. I mean, it's the tile's basically coming up. We have like a rubber, um, what do you call those little rubber things that you put in the t- just to stand in the shower. Right, right. Yeah, the anti-slip mats and that sort of thing right Mm -hmm. listen i i don't know that i would do that repair if it's not leaking then you don't really have a responsibility to to repair it of course if you want to do a bath restoration i mean a bath renovation you could whether that's going to make your house any more or less likely to sell i don't know you really need to know what's going on in your neighborhood but that's a really big repair to do when it's not necessary, it's not leaking for the sole purpose of trying to sell your house. If it was a cracked shower pan and it was leaking, I'd be telling you something different. But if it's not leaking, I'd leave it alone and put my money elsewhere in terms of fixing up the house. Great. That's what I need to hear. Well, if we've learned one thing in the last few hurricane seasons, it's that storms can strike at any time and they can instantly impact millions of people, even those not near the coast. So no matter where you live, it does pay to prep your home to withstand high winds and damaging rain. So before a storm is even forecasted, it's a good idea to make a to-do list that you can easily follow when that time comes. And think about investing in projects now that can 
make your home more storm resistant. Yeah, for example, you know, just taping up your windows really isn't going to help protect them from some really strong winds. Actually, the best thing that you can do is create plywood storm shutters. So make them now. All you have to do is cut half inch plywood to the size of each window. You want to make sure that the plywood will be large enough to cover the outside trim. Then you pre-drill holes so that both installation and takedown of these shutters is super quick and easy. And of course, you want to make sure that you mark each shutter clearly so that you will know exactly which window that shutter fits. You also want to prep your yard by taking out any diseased or damaged tree limbs. This not only will help the tree, but it's going to eliminate any loose or weak branches that could end up crashing on your roof or falling through your window. Now, if you've got thicker trees, one good tactic is to trim the excess branches so wind can blow through the tree without actually blowing it down. If you want some more storm prep ideas, you can find them at moneypit.com. With a few steps like that, you can really prevent your home from getting serious damage in a storm. All right, next up, we're going to talk foundations with Randy in Idaho. How can we help you today? Well, I'm, I've am i got a crack in my foundation, and I, I'm wondering if I, what I want to do is a good idea. All right, what's your plan? Well, first of all, um, it's a crack that's about an inch, inch, an inch and a half wide. It's right on the corner, uh, about, oh, four or five inches up from the bottom, of, from the floor of the basement. Okay. And it's a and it's buried, you know, there's like several feet of dirt above it. Mm-hmm. And uh, a, a crack appeared on the floor in the basement and then just dropped down about an inch and a half. And uh, the, the soil from outside was coming in from the outside and moisture and whatnot. This crack is on the basement floor or the basement walls? The wall in the corner. Okay. And you said that the, the crack is an inch and a half wide or it's an inch and a half long? About an inch to an inch and a half wide. Wow, that's a big crack. Yeah, about, well, the floor just dropped a little bit, and then it's about eight inches on either side of the corner. Okay, so the crack formed and the floor dropped. Is that correct? Both of those things happened? Correct. All right, so obviously something got very disturbed under there. I don't know if it was settlement or whatever it was, but it sounds like you lost some soil in there. As a result, you lost the support. A crack that's an inch and a half wide is a very large crack, and typically it's something that we would recommend you have a professional inspect before you just repair it on your own. But with, with, with that as, a, as, as our general advice, what is your plan? Well, I thought that what I'd do is I'd, I'd put some blackjack in the very back of it. I dug out as much soil as I could and cleaned it with like a toothbrush or a wire brush. Right. Well, that's, that's all. That's all uh, you're talking about patching the crack. I'm talking about supporting it so it doesn't get any worse. You can fill it, you know, five different ways. Uh-huh. What I'm concerned about is making sure that this instability isn't going to continue and get worse and affect the structural integrity of the wall. If you've got a crack that truly opened up an inch and a half, that is a very big crack. I mean, most of the time people talk to us about hairline cracks or cracks that open a quarter of an inch and are very concerned. If you've got a crack that's opened up an inch and a half, that's a huge crack. So here's what I would do. Uh-huh. I would have... Uh, I would consult with a structural engineer, have him inspect your house. Look at the foundation, look at the crack, and then write you a report that gives you step-by-step instructions on what should be done to address this. Either you do the repair yourself or you have an engineer, a, a contractor do it, 
It doesn't matter to me. But what's most important is that you have the structural engineer come back after the repair is done and certify that it was done sufficiently. And the reason you're going to do that is because eventually you're going to want to sell this house. And if you have this repair uh, done under the supervision of an engineer like that, it's sort of like a pedigree that says all is well and will alleviate any fears from a potential home buyer. I see. I see. That's kind of like a cover yourself kind of thing. Absolutely. Yep. And you're going to do it right. And most importantly, since you had the crack form and the floor drop, I'm concerned about what's going on underneath this. That's a very unusual set of circumstances, and it leads me to conclude that there's some instability underneath that corner of the foundation. All right. Well, uh, I think I'll uh, just start nosing around for one. All right, Randy. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we've got Patrick on the line who's got a roofing question. How can we help you today? I had a question about a metal roof versus a shingle roof. We're, our roof is about 17 years old, and it's ready for it's ready to change. Now, is it ready to change because you don't like the way it looks, or is it failing in some way? Oh, no. The, it's actually fine. The shingles are fine. I was kind of wondering about the cost-benefit of spending twice as much for a, a metal roof versus a shingle roof. For another, you know, and how long will the shingle, how long should that metal roof last? What's the gauge of the metal? That kind of thing. How long do you plan on staying in the house? Forever. Forever. Okay, that's that's important information. So if you put a metal roof on this house, I think it can last for all intents and purposes forever. The metal roofs of yesteryear, when they were properly maintained would easily last 50 to 100 years. The metal roofs of today will do the same thing, um, and they can even do it more successfully because of some of the modern um, elements of technology that are added to it. For example, um, you are in Florida, is that correct? Yes, Port Charlotte. You know, the one nice thing is that metal roofs have reflective paint. It's like a low-E paint, and they actually reflect some of that radiant heat back off of the roof. So instead of having a roof that's like a heat collector, you're going to have a a roof that's a heat reflector. So there's also an energy efficiency element to it as well. Uh, But I think that metal roofs, you know, last literally indefinitely as long as they're properly maintained. They don't need a lot of maintenance. Um, Of course, if there's a storm and that sort of thing, they stand up a lot better. They don't fly off um, like shingles do. And even though it's twice as expensive, it will probably be the last roof you ever have to put on that house. If I do this $11,000 roof, will I report that to my homeowner's insurance? And will I get a benefit from that or no? That's a good question for your broker. Certainly, uh, a metal roof is more fire resistant. I also would look into energy, any energy efficiency or rebates because uh, since it's a low-E roof coating... Um, you may actually qualify for an energy rebate. So I would look into that as well. And how would I look into that? You know, a good source is the Metal Roofing Alliance. That's a trade association for the metal roof industry. Go to metalroofing.com. And in fact, they have a section on their website about tax incentives. So they are available for metal roofs. All right. Appreciate your help. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Up next, air tools, they really can make almost any do-it-yourself project go way faster. We're going to tell you why after this. The 
Money Pit is presented by Arrow Sheds, the leader in steel storage sheds and buildings. Steel sheds are durable, secure, and a great value. Arrow Storage Products, available at national home centers, hardware stores, and online. See a complete line of products at sheds.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And if you're an avid do-it-yourselfer, you know that compressors can help many, many projects go a lot faster and really be built strongly. But too often, compressors are just, they're huge, bulky, and they can cost a lot of money. Well, that's not the case for a new line of compressors from Bostitch. These offer lots of power in a very compact and light design. Here to tell us more is James Vinzel from Bostitch. Hey, James. Hey, how are you doing, Tom and Leslie? We're doing well. Hey, let's start by talking about the fact that compressors and air tools used to be pretty much strictly professional products. I mean, back in the day when I was swinging a hammer every day, you know, it took two of us to lift a compressor out of the pickup. And, you know, the air tools, by the end of the day, your shoulders were were hurting from swinging those heavy tools around. Fortunately, technology has come to the rescue. And now these are a very practical uh, tool for those that are professionals, of course, but especially for those that are do-it-yourselfers, aren't they? Yeah, hey, fair enough. A lot of uh, technological advances have been made. I'd say a couple of them uh, really come to mind. One of them is uh, just the move to oil-free compressors from oil lubricated. The technology has risen to the uh, to the point where they last a real long time, but also uh, some of the heavy induction motors that takes to drive the oil-loop compressors have, have been switched to universal motors. A little bit easier, uh, you know, on the home electric amp draw as well, so a lot less likely to kick breakers. And quieter, too, right? Yeah, uh, we've been really focusing in on noise uh, with the idea that, hey, not only for the homeowner, but even the contractors who are working inside the home, um, you know, doing updates and remodels will uh, keep that in mind as well. Now, I've always been a fan of the pancake style. I think that's, you know, I, I never actually knew where it got the nickname, a pancake compressor, but they're smaller. They're easier to tote around. I've used them for sort of trim work or finishing pieces. Do you have any idea where that name came from? Yeah, it actually came out of the shape of the tank itself, uh, sort of like round and flat. And I guess the uh, the background was folks, when they first started, uh, started taking compressors up on the roof and they wanted a low center of gravity when they were doing roofing type projects. Uh, thus, the, the wide, short uh, pancake tank was developed. Now, you guys have a new pancake-style compressor out that's just kind of hitting the, the market. You say it's a new generation uh, or the next generation in technology. How um, have you kind of stepped up from what we've seen in the past uh, couple of years? Yeah, sure enough. Well, one thing is uh, we've really been focusing in on the life. Uh, this new design has, is actually leveraging a technology that that really allows us to triple the target life of the unit. So, I mean, that's that's a great place to start. If that's all we did, that would probably be enough. But we did some other things that came out of a your feedback from users. I'd say the most notable one, if I could, is just the removable panel uh, to be able to get at the controls. You know, the old shroud, you had to remove the entire shroud, about 11 screws, to be able to get at the gauges if it breaks or one of the other elements. Now there's just four screws from a regular screwdriver, and the panel pops off, and you can get access. Now, that makes sense. And the other thing that you've designed into this is cord wrap, which I think is cool, because too many times it's the last thing a manufacturer I've found thinks about, and it, it never is very smoothly. And considering the number of times, especially those that are working in the field, have to wrap a cord around a tool, it always makes sense when that's designed in a smart 
different way. Now, besides the pancake-style compressor, you've got another type of compressor coming out that uh, shockingly is not named after food. But it's called the suitcase-style <laughs> compressor. Um, this is kind of a new product to Bossage, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. You know, if the, if the pancake really over-delivers on performance with a large tank, uh, this compressor really over-delivers on protection. It's got a full wraparound roll cage. And the real new thing that it brings to the table is it allows you to carry it vertically like a suitcase. So close to your body, it's, it's a nice and easy, but also it can operate horizontally. So it, it's very stable. If guys are pulling on their cord and things, they won't knock it over. But in any event, it'll operate in the horizontal or vertical position. And that's new and I think pretty unique in the marketplace as well. Well, and that's interesting because it gives you the opportunity to sort of load it in your truck you know, whatever way kind of fits best, right? Hey, that's a great point. I've had contractors tell me uh, the very same thing. Sometimes in pickups when they have their uh, their bed covers on, uh, some compressors won't fit in there, but uh, obviously this one will uh, lend itself to finding a, a spot available. Uh, they also tell me that in a horizontal position, you could stack on top of it, which is, uh, which is pretty helpful as well. Makes a lot of sense. And both compressors are available for $179. That's a, quite, a, quite a price for these, very affordable. Yep. Uh, they're, they're also uh, packed in uh, combo kits as well for pretty pretty attractive pricing. So if you want to purchase it standalone, you can. If you've already got the tools or if you want to pick it up with uh, with a nailer, so to speak, what do you guys offer? Brad nailers, finish nailers, that sort of thing? Yep, we do. Uh, it, in general, 18-gauge uh, Brad nailers, uh, also 16-gauge finish nailers, and we also have a Neurocron stapler as well. James Vincell from Bostitch, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit, filling us in on the new line of compressors. A very handy, helpful tool. If you've never worked with Air Tools, folks, this is your opportunity. At $179, you can't go wrong. And once you start working with Air Tools, um, you'll wonder why you ever plugged the tool in before to uh, to get a job done around your house. If you'd like more information, you can head on over to the Bostitch website. That's Bostitch.com, B-O-S-T-I-T-C-H. Thanks, James. Hey, thanks, Tom and Leslie. And still to come, steam cleaning really is a simple way to make your carpet last longer. We're going to share some tips on how you can make that cleaning even more effective after this. You live in a body pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron Sensors. Tired of reminding your family to turn off the lights? Install a Lutron Maestro occupancy sensor and you'll never have to remind them again. It works with all bulb types and takes only about 15 minutes to install. For easy upgrades with big impact, choose Lutron. Visit ChooseLutron.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number to call is 888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. If you pick up the phone and give us a call, we will answer your home improvement question. And one caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a Great Stuff Pro Starter Kit from Dow, which includes everything you need to seal gaps and cracks around your home before the cooler weather sets in. That's right. The winner's going to get a Great Stuff Pro Gaps and Cracks Insulating Foam Sealant, Windows and Door Insulating Foam Sealant, a Great Stuff Pro Gun, Pro Wipes, Goggles, Gloves, and more. You can insulate where air leaks or seal holes where pests get in, like around dryer vents or, or hose bibs. It's a prize package worth 50 bucks. going out to one caller drawn at random. You can visit greatstuff.dow.com for more info or call us for your chance to win and your answer at 888 Money Pit. 
Preston in Kentucky is on the line and needs some help with a painting project. What's going on at your money pit? Well, I was just curious why. I've gotten a few estimates on getting the inside of my home painted, and I was curious why they why there's such a wide gap in between the prices that I've gotten. Is one job different than the other? Well, it depends. When the first painter comes, did you have sort of your blue jeans on and dirty shirt? And when the second guy came, you were like all dressed, <laughs> dressed up in a work. suit and tie, like you just walked out of the bank? <laughs> they they bid you Briefcase as much as they bid the job. Cuff to your wrist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't wear the fake Rolex, you know, when the guy comes over to give you a price. Listen, the thing is, what you want to do is make sure they're comparing apples to, to apples on these estimates. So there could be a lot of things that they're doing differently. I would check that first, um, starting with the brand of paint, because the better paint is going to be worth it. It's going to be more scrubbable. Um, how many coats they're going to apply. Are they priming? What's the prep work? Is it plastered? Do they need to skim coat? Is there any repair work that needs to be done to the existing drywall? And also, you're just going to have to, because it's so labor-intensive, you're absolutely going to positively have to do your homework on all these guys and get references and talk to people that they did work for recently. And I like to ask people for references of somebody they worked for at least a year ago so we can see over time what their reputation has been. Because you definitely need to have someone who's careful about their working inside your house and who's also a skilled painter. So I would dig in on the references and I would make sure that we're comparing apples to apples in terms of what the project is that they're actually doing. And then another thing that you can do is always go online and I like to search complaints against in the name of the business. And believe me, if there's anybody who's had a problem, they're going to pop up in a Google search. So if you search the word complaints in the name of the vendor, you'll find out right away. And keep in mind, there are complaint sites out there. The only reason people go to them is to complain. So you don't always get a balanced view. But if you see a lot of complaints on a lot of different sites, then you know then you know maybe it's an issue and you should steer clear. Does that make sense? Okay, great. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, your kids and your pets and just basic everyday family traffic can lead to some pretty dingy looking carpets rather quickly. Fortunately, it's not that hard to steam clean them yourself. Now, this is something that you can do at least once a year to keep your carpets looking new and smelling fresh, and it's going to actually help them last longer as well. You can rent a steam cleaner at your local home center, or I've even seen them at the supermarkets. You know, I I know they have them there as well as the soaps that go with it. Now, you want to make sure you get the right amount and the right type of cleaning fluid to go with the machine. There are pet-specific solutions available as well, if that's a concern. You also want to read and follow directions. Directions and consider picking up the upholstery attachment for hard to reach areas like furniture and stairs. It really is quite handy if that's on your to do list. And you might need to go over the really dirty areas more than once, but if you stay at it, you'll be amazed at how clean and fresh your home is going to look after that project is complete. 888 666 3974. Now we've got Johanna from Michigan who wants to get out and enjoy the deck. How can we help you with that project? Hey, we're getting ready to put a deck on the back of our house. It's going to be about 20 by 20. And um, we're looking at the composite products. And in doing some research, I have come across some hair-raising images of black mold, chipping, cracking, uh, crumbling, and so on. And um, I would just like to get your opinion on the composite decking and if it truly holds up the way it says it does or if there are things we need to look out for. I think it absolutely does hold up. Uh, Originally, the very first composite products 
that were out there had wood fiber in them as well as the plastics. And the wood fiber would tend to grow sometimes algae and things like that. And people didn't like that. I think it's a perception issue. If you think that there's zero maintenance, I'm never going to have to do anything at all. You're not going to find any product like that because even though it's composite, it's going to get dirty. It may grow um, a bit of algae and need to be cleaned once in a while. But uh, realistically, I think it's going to stand up a lot better than pressure treated. Let's give you an example. My son recently completed his Eagle Scout project about a year ago. And his project was to build a 30-foot bridge across the stream. And we chose for that project composite decking. This is going to be in a park. It's going to get lots and lots and lots of foot traffic. That's been up now for a year, and it still looks as good as the day we put it down. So I think composite's a good choice. Stick with the name brand. You know, stick with uh, Trex, for example. Good product. Good history. And I think it's going to cut down on the maintenance uh, overall. And it's going to look terrific at the same time. And you won't have to paint it and stain it and all that. Now, you realize that you do the framing of this is all done through standard pressure treated, right? Right, right. Um, and we will have benches and stuff built in. And we're going to use, I think, cedar for that. Okay. Well, I mean, you can use composite for the built-in benches, too. I mean, anything that's that's going to be exposed like that, there's no reason not to use the composite. And it's a very sunny area, so... Um, yeah, if you have a lot of sun, you really won't have a lot of problems with, with uh, mildew and algae growth because the sun is a very natural mildicide. It's usually the real shady decks that have the issues. Yeah, the images I saw were from 07, 08, so it made me think, too, maybe there was a bad run at that time. And you know what? Composite has changed in the last five years, too. Okay, well, good. Thank you very much. All right, Johanna, good luck with that project, and let us know when the, when the party is, okay? Hey, it's, it's next Friday. <laughs> Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, a unique way to add a festive touch to all your backyard celebrations. Leslie has the how-to on tiki torches after this. Live in a money pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by the new Chamberlain Garage Power Station, an air inflator, utility cord, and LED task light, all together in a new three-in-one tool, exclusively at the Home Depot. Making good homes better? Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, an extra day this weekend means you've got an extra day to tackle some home improvement projects. You can get a list of easy weekend projects at moneypit.com. And while you're online, you can head on over to the community section of Money Pit and post a question there. Now, Mike posted this. We've been hearing horn sounds in our pipes for over six months. The water department says our pressure is normal. Any hints? I know at my mom's beach house, whenever you, like, say, take a shower and turn off the water, all of a sudden you hear, like, and you've got to open that faucet again and everything sort of levels out. That would be air in the pipes, true? No, it's a vibration in the faucet itself. And because they're copper pipes, any sort of vibration is going to amplify and make that really annoying sound. So what you need to do is to replace the faucet. 
and that will stop that from happening again. It has nothing to do with water pressure. It has to do with a bad valve somewhere. Figure out where the valve is, replace it, and you'll be good to go. Is there any way to sort of be detective in the house and figure out which one has the valve, or is it... Yeah, whichever one you turn on, it makes the sound. That's going to be it. And now I'm speaking for my mom's house here, because, you know, I hear it upstairs. I hear it in my sister's bath, and I always just reopen that faucet again, and it stops. There's a really simple solution. You could invite your good friend and co-host out for a weekend at the beach house, <laughs> and I will figure it out for you. All right, Tom, it's uh, it's already been Labor Day, but we'll invite you for an Oktoberfest. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you'd like to make sure your backyard gathering turns into a memorable event, you might want to consider adding tiki torches for instant ambiance. Leslie sorts out the options in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, you know, I've been to some really nice end-of-the-summer season parties recently, and I've got to say that something that's really been uniform across these parties and has been very nice and creating a nice scene is tiki torches. I mean, you add them, you get some instant ambiance, you can get oil-burning torches pretty much at any store that is going to sell any type of outdoor or backyard equipment. I mean, even the supermarket has them and you can actually probably get them on sale right now even better and you can also get citronella oil so if you've still got some mosquitoes and bugs kicking around i mean september still tends to be a warmish month around the country so you could still be dealing with bugs and citronella oil for those tiki torches will be a great way to have a good party and keep those bugs away Now, here's the safety side of Leslie Segretti. Anytime you're dealing with an open flame, you really need to practice fire safety. Make sure you have a bucket of water and a hose nearby. When you do snuff out the flame, you want to make sure that the torches are put in a fireproof place. You can even go to saferproduct.gov just to make sure that the torch you are using is considered safe and doesn't have any recalls issued on it. Now, for added safety, you can actually get battery and solar-powered torches, and some of these will turn on automatically at dusk and flicker like a real flame. Remember, it is possible to light up the night without throwing caution to the wind, so maybe if you're having a back-to-school party and want to have some tiki torches out there, I know I may even use tiki torches to sort of light the way to Henry's first day of kindergarten on the bus stop. Hey, get on that bus! Have a great day at school! Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, coming up next week on The Money Pit, have you ever wondered exactly how old your house is? If you're not sure, there are a few easy ways to figure that out without even having to leave your house. We'll tell you those tricks of the trade on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 